in this episode of Man vs. Marriage, getting her to yes. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage in the studio at Moran Family Incorporated Worldwide. Quincy, the Q-Dog Moran, and Jeannie. You don't really have a studio name yet, do you? Um, no, I don't think I need one. I'm, I'm good with my name. Jeannie! <laughs> another famous female with one name, Jeannie. Okay, so... Before we get started, I love, love, love to tell you, and thank you for your interaction with us, our email address, coach, at manversusmarriagepodcast.com. That's right. Or on Facebook at MVSM Podcast, and check out our website, manversusmarriagepodcast.com. So today, we talk about getting her to yes, and what does that mean? even mean? Well, it is a very, very interesting subject for us, but no matter what the subject is, we always want our women getting to that point of, yes, go ahead, honey. There's no cough button here. <coughs> we're, not that, we're not that pro stat yet, but we'll get there. Um, so Jeannie wanted me to make it a point to say getting her to yes for us and our experience, and we'll explain it all, started with sex. Yes, you heard that right. It started with sex. Now I know that your ears are perked up and you're listening. Getting her to yes started with sex. And it's funny, it's funny how it how it happened that way, but we kind of take we took the path back to see where it all started. Now, what is the yes we're talking about? The yes we're talking about is actually a four-letter word in our household or it has been in the past, and that four-letter word. Now, look, I'm just, if you got kids around, I want you to make sure to plug their ears um, because I don't normally talk this way, okay? But I'm going to say this for the sake of the show. I'm an all-in podcast man. The four-letter word is accountability. Dork. <laughs> accountability. So... I'm going to give you a little bit of my take on what happened and what it was about and what we've been struggling, you know, through for 20 long years. And um, then Jeannie's going to talk to you about what changed and how she flipped the switch. And uh, you just died. You just completely changed. I did. I I think I rocked you a little bit with the decision too. It was rocked and shocked. So, you know, the bitter struggle in our home has been Jeannie and I and accountability. And the reason it's a bitter struggle is because, uh, you know, if you follow the podcast, I coached football for 10 years, roughly 10 years. I've coached baseball. Um, you know, I played sports in high school. I was a football player, wrestler, baseball player and, and everything. So, um, I love coaching people, and it comes so naturally to me. Um, I would say my area of genius is encouraging people. I'm just 
you know, bringing joy and encouragement is what I do. And kind of self-titled, all-natural human enhancement, the Q dog. I mean, there are people, um, whether it was uh, a dear late friend of mine that wanted to start a radio show and just talked about it for a long time. And finally, one day in one moment, I was like, we're going to do this. And we did it. And we made something out of it. Um, or a cousin of mine that wanted to start a professional production company with, for plays and talked about it. And it's fine. It's like, we're going to do this. Uh, or a shirt company. We're going to do this. I've, I've been able for a long time to help all kinds of people get their dream on the ground and, you know, help coach them not professional coaching, but, you know, through friend and relationship, friendship relationship, to get on the road to where they want to go with their health. Everybody doesn't take my coaching. You know, I used to take it personal when I would somebody would come to me and ask me. I would give them the advice, and they would do the exact opposite. Um, and me. It, and, and, nah, not just <laughs> you. Not just you. But then come back to me and ask me again or still complain about the same things. Um Me. Okay, that, <laughs> I'm not specifically speaking about you, but yes, uh, you're one of those people. Um, so I had taken a back seat to accountability, kind of taken my hands off the wheel because I, I knew I could see what my lovely wife needed. I you know I could I could just pick it out. I could see kind of sometimes what she was doing to herself, if that if that's fair to say, mm-hmm. and and where she was, and you know just wishing that I could be that person that could help bring her out of those things and kind of hold her accountable to the goals that she set for herself. And Coach Rita actually taught us when we were trying to talk through this thing is that, you know, accountability is just me repeating your words to you. Um, that yeah, but you who want. likes that? I know. I know. Nobody does. That's like your kid coming back and spitting something at you and you're going, damn it, I should never have said that. <laughs> And it happens if you're a parent. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's on the way. Promise, promise that. It's like no rain, sleet, snow, storm is going to get in the way of that package getting delivered. Nope. It's coming. Um, but for Jeannie and I, it's not. It's a place that we couldn't go. And I didn't know exactly why. And I didn't know exactly what this particular um, anchor in her life, where it led to and, and what she needed to do to set it free. But I'm going to turn the the microphone over to her because maybe you find yourself, um, you know, trying to trying to encourage and coach and you know help your wife along in an area where she's desperate to make changes, or you know, it's on a any any level any subject that you're talking about. We all have those areas that are off limits. Or it might be you and she's trying to encourage you and maybe you're not seeing it. Maybe you're seeing it the way I was seeing it okay. and not taking it for what it was. Right. Um, I struggled with you holding me accountable, accountable just for the simple fact that if I failed, I failed you. Hmm. And that was going to be a disappointment for you, which in turn is going to be a disappointment for me because I never want to be less than what you want or need of me. But if I fail for myself, it sucks, but I'll get over it. it. It's not a big deal. Well, long and short of that basically just means that I didn't value myself enough to see that I was worthy enough to succeed at something. And um, 
One of those things, as stupid as it sounds, was my health and eating and taking care of myself. I can stay awake 36 hours straight and sleep the next day for like six hours. And I might be grumpy, but I can function. It's just something I've learned with autism. Thank you so much for that. But it's not healthy for me and it's not good on my body and it puts a lot of stress on things. And I have family that has heart conditions and different things that I need to be wary of because we have three kids that are not going anywhere for a while and I got to be here. But I never looked at that and said, okay, so then I need to make a change. I need to take care of myself. Nah. So what ended up happening, how this all came about, I've gone back and forth with, okay, I'll stop drinking soda or, okay, I'll stop doing this. And it just never stuck. And, um, it, I wasn't even thinking about my health when we went into that seminar and we started having these conversations a while back. It started about mm, probably beginning of January, right around mid-January, we were taking a trip and Quincy says, you know, I want you to listen to this episode of Front Row Dads with me. He's like, it, it's a little off kilter. It's not something we normally listen to, but um, it's about this lady, uh, Kim Amani, and sex. Thinking, okay, Quincy doesn't normally suggest things that talk about other people discussing sex because we don't watch it. We don't listen to it. It's just not our thing. Right. So for you to bring it to me, it's like, oh, okay. I got to tell you, and uh, most people might not like this, but for me, she is so brass and so real. I loved it. I absolutely loved listening to it. I was cracking up listening to this chick going, oh my God, how in the world are they doing this on a podcast and people are not flipping out? But she said some things that kind of piqued our interest. And I was like, okay. So then Quincy suggested, well, let's watch one of these videos that they mentioned. So we did. And um, it was awkward. I'm not going to lie. Quincy and I are both like, okay, I cannot believe that we're... It's okay. We're married, so we can do this together. It's okay. It's not a porn. Don't freak out. It's not a porn. Yeah, that's... Don't... It's not a porn. It's... There's a lot of different ways to be intimate with your spouse. No, it's not like an actual how-to. You're not watching penetration, so don't freak out on me. Mm -hmm. It's learning different ways to touch, different ways to talk, different things that you can do for each other to bring each other to better pleasure or just to create that intimacy before you have sex stuff that yeah it's and it's not traditional foreplay so trust me just check it out you'll have you'll have to see for yourself because i'm not going to explain it but anyway we watched it and we made a decision we were away one weekend let's put it into action and see what happens that changed something for us it it kind of got us on a different level it was more intimate rather than sexual which I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know. It was just very, very different for us. But that piqued me big time because we've never considered these things. So if this can get us to this level, what's behind the next door? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I'm I'm not one that's going to sit here and go into full on detail about our sex life with my husband because I just don't feel comfortable with that. Clue number one. Why am I not comfortable with talking about something that I only share with you? I didn't think anything of it until we um, talked about going to the conference. Okay. I was not keen on going at first, but I did know that Tony and Alyssa with um, One Extraordinary Marriage 
are very open and candid about their sex life and how important it is in a marriage. It's extremely important, especially for the men. So I, I've always been tuned into that. It's something you and I learned early on with Rita is this, this is something that you have to have and it's not always a want. Sometimes it's a need. So that changes my perspective on our sex life anyway. So long and short of it, we ended up um, talking, we listened to one of their podcasts, which um, was the one about masturbation in your marriage and, um, was it called mutual masturbation or something? I think like that? that's what it is. I don't I didn't look it up. Um I will try to find that for you and put it in the notes if I can. Um but it was first of all shocked the crap out of me that somebody would even discuss it. And second, <laughs> very uncomfortable and a no-go zone for me. Mm. Um that that's a very vulnerable place and it's just not something that we had ever really discussed. In the beginning of our marriage it was decided that was never going to happen. Because that meant we were taking something away from each other. Tony and Alyssa totally explained it differently. Where you could share with one another and it would kind of change things for you in the sexual dynamic. I was interested, but I'm still just not quite there. But it piqued me to know that there was more to this. So when we went to the conference and Tony came out and that was one of the very first things he started talking about was like, I kid you not, every single session, at least halfway through, Tony would jump in and be like, sex <laughs> and lots of it. And whenever we can and whatever position, I mean, he's, he's very blunt, which I absolutely loved. Cause like, okay, I don't feel like an ass here. It's, it's comfortable. Um, so we got through yeah, and it didn't it it didn't i didn't once see it make elisa uncomfortable no, at all no she blushed a couple of times because tony did have a few comments that i don't think she expected but um she rolled with it it wasn't uncomfortable because this is marriage be real you know everybody jokes why do you get married so you can have sex as many times as you want with the person you want all the time wrong but if you talk to Tony, he will tell you, I will help you get as many as you can <laughs> based on this conversation. Right. Um, so what it ended up doing for us is we, there's a part in the conference where um, you have to let something go. And I was looking around the room and there were people who were talking about loss of children. There were people who were talking about divorces and remarriages. There were people that just had all these different things going on. And what was kind of eaten at me just seemed like it was insignificant you know and it was my selfishness and that shocked me because I couldn't it's like okay well where am I selfish and it came back to that it's like I'm not giving myself fully to you because I'm still reserved in conversation I'm still reserved in um, what I like what I don't like what I want to try what I don't want to try I'm still reserved in a lot of those areas mm -hmm. and I wasn't giving you my all, and that's not fair. We said we were all in. Mm -hmm. We signed a contract. This is what we're going to do, and I wasn't there. And it, it just it hit hard, and then it was self-sabotage. I want things for myself, but I'm afraid to fail, and I'm afraid to succeed. Okay, well, then where does that leave you? Because your job and your strength is to encourage and to build and to push me into a place of success, but I don't want to fail you. So you're not allowed to hold me accountable because if I screw up, you're going to be mad at me. I can't deal with that. So I'm just not going to let you hold me there and we don't have a problem. 
And just to be clear, that was the story in your head. That I... was the story in my head. This is not Quincy. This was how I was perceiving things. This is what's going on in my mind as we're trying to get through this section of the conference. And I can't explain to you how it happened. All I can say is I wrote it down on the paper. I put it in the shredder and the decision was made. I'm going to give him my all. I'm going to figure out what this is and I'm going to change it. Well, it all came back to I'm not comfortable in my own skin. I'm not, I don't like my body. I don't like what all the pregnancies have done to it. I don't like how I feel, but I don't want you to hold me accountable. (laughs) But then it just kind of turned into, but this is something you've always wanted for me to get me healthy. And it's not a bad thing. I just always looked at it as a control factor. Um, I think some of that still stems from some of my childhood and other people determining things for me or um, telling me, you know, you're stupid if you try that or why are you going to even bother because it's a one in whatever long shot. So I just kind of determined I'm okay with being okay. Um, But at the conference, as this was going through my mind, it's like, okay, Quincy's always wanted me to get healthy. I want a better body. If I have a better body and I feel better about myself, maybe I won't feel as reserved in some of these things. And um, so I kind of did a complete 360 in a matter of 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I got on my cell phone and text PJ, who is a friend of ours, who is a trainer. She owns Physical Junkie. And um, I went to her intentionally because I know she's no bullshit. She's not going to lie to me. She's not going to let me waste her time. If I'm not on the program that she gives me and I'm not willing to go all in, She's not going to be there for me. She's just going to straight up tell me, walk out the door and don't come back. And I need that. I need somebody who's going to be real with me. You and I have to be careful there. You're real with me, but there are times where we have to be cautious on how we talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that she can do as a trainer, if you were to say or do them to me, we would be boxing. That's, That's just the way it is. And we both know that. So I called an audible and I pulled somebody in that I knew knew what I wanted and knew how to do it. And she's not going to let me back out of it. Now, I had originally come into this thing thinking, okay, I'm going to give myself a one-year challenge. I'm going to start at six months. I'm going to go a full year. PJ changed it to 12 weeks. So we're going to do a year, 12 weeks at a time is basically how we decided it, which is fine. Small goals work great for me. Um, I even talked to Quincy and said, I want to earn something at the end of this so that I feel like I'm earning something that I really, really want besides my body. It just helps me keep my eye on it and not want to fail myself. So we decided on, of course, it's going to be the Kings, but we'll, you know, it's hockey. It is what it is. Um, That's kind of my love language right now, I think. (laughs) I'd say so. There's six now. Well, you know. So we um, had this conversation. We we spent the whole weekend that the next weekend we spent um, away. And that whole week before we started talking about I went behind his back, which was not the right thing to do, but I did tell him, so he didn't get mad at me. Don't freak out. I did tell him I went online and I ordered some of the things that Tony and um, Alyssa had talked to us about that would enhance your sex life, some books that they had that I was interested in. And then I started thinking about books that I wanted to read. What are some things I love to read? I'm not a listener. I love to read. So it was like, okay, so what are some things that drew me in? And I grabbed a few books that 
that hit home for me. And then I thought, you know, Quincy listens to books all the time and self-help is kind of his thing. So I asked him, what are some books you're listening to that you think will help me in this decision? So he gave me a few and we decided we're going to read them together at our own pace. And we're going to get together and kind of go through the exercises or talk some of this stuff out as we're going so that I don't get trapped Mm -hmm. in old mindsets. Um, And then we went away for the weekend and the conversation that we had just changed everything. We went into what we wanted to do, what our dreams were, which we hadn't discussed in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And we had looked at, you know, um, changing our sex life, things that we had conversations that we didn't know. We had vulnerabilities that came up and insecurities that came up that we didn't even know the other person had. After 20 years, we didn't know these things. Right. And that just kind of solidified for me I need to make this change. I need to let you in. I need to let you hold me accountable on some things. Now, it's not everything. I'm not saying, you know, if she does decide to go this route and she changes whatever it is that she wants to better herself with, or if you do, I have parameters right now because this is a trust thing and we're building it. Mm -hmm. So we came to an agreement on what I want you to do and you're allowed to throw it back at me if I'm an ass about it. You're allowed to say, wait a minute, this is what we agreed on and pull me out of it because he's the one that helps me fight my fears. And when my fears come up, I fight everything else around me. So it, it was put to him. You're not in charge of my food. You're not in charge of my, my workout plan or anything. It's just checking in with me, making sure I'm on track. Where's your head at? Are you, you know, having conversation with me that normally I would argue with. And I think I've actually done pretty good with not lashing back this time. Yeah. You haven't, uh, you haven't lashed back at all. And I, you know, I'm, my role is just to be what you're asking me to be. And I hope I'm fulfilling that as you expect. Matter of fact, right here, let's find out. Am I fulfilling that role of accountability as you expected? Yeah, right now, I, yeah, I think there's still um, some room to grow in that, um, just in, in more conversation. But I think we'll we'll go over that as we're going, because there there's so much life going on around us right now. Mm-hmm. On top of, for whatever reason, whenever I decide to do something for myself, Quincy and I discovered it changes the current of everything else. So you're swimming one direction, and then all of a sudden you hit your feet on the ground, and you turn around, and you swim the other direction. Yeah, the fish behind you didn't catch that memo. And they're all kind of slapping into you as you're trying to make your change and your shift. Um, We have eight of them. (laughs) On top of other life circumstances. But normally that would have knocked me out. Mm -hmm. Normally when I try to do something for myself, within a week, two or three things come up to shove me off my workout schedule or get me knocked off of my eating plan or just cause me to not be able to do what I need to do. And I quit. It, it's that easy. It's like, forget it. Life is just too much. We've got too much going on. I'm just going to turn around and go the other direction. I don't feel that shift at all this time. I feel like I'm solid in my decision. And ultimately, it's going to put us in a place, I think, where these areas that we found, we're still struggling in, or maybe it's not really a struggle, but just there's more to discover mm-hmm. in our relationship because it's not really a fight or a battle. It's just finally opening doors that we never thought 
we could open. Yeah, and I I think that's the point that I want to make because maybe you're sitting there, dude, and you're like, well, I'm, I'm, my wife has no problem with accountability for me, so this doesn't pertain to me. But I'm just going to challenge you there to say, wait, maybe your thing, maybe your no-go zone is not accountability, but it's something else. It's something that you keep hitting a wall that you guys cannot seem to connect on. And the reason, um, look, I'm always down to have more sex. The We're good at it. We, we should have more. <laughs> I agree, baby. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm always down to have more sex, but that was definitely not the motivation behind um, having Jeannie listen to Front Row Dads, the episode with Kim Amani. What, what she started talking about um, centered around a deep level of connection and no pun intended okay it's a it's a deeper level of uh connection between you and your spouse and what sex does and how you can become more fulfilling to one another there and just the way that i operate you know when when my sex life is on point and times are good and the bounty is full Whatever else is happening around me just doesn't have the same inertia to try and slow me down because my my place of connection, you know, physically for me, emotionally uh, for Jeannie, and then vice versa, you know, whatever emotional needs I have and physical needs she have, we're both fulfilling those for each other. And Kim and, and John both... Um, said something that I believe, you know, which is, you know, she goes first. And it's like, well, that's the creed that I live by. So I probably, I probably grabbed a hold of that and said, yeah, I believe in that. I believe in she goes first, you know, cause I'm there, I'm there to make a significant connection with my wife. And if this lady who makes me squirm with all the words that she's saying, um, can teach me how to more deeply connect with my wife and how we can have a little more freedom with one another. I think it's important for her to listen to this because, you know, Jeannie likes people that are just straightforward, no BS, and tell it like it is. And if there's anybody that we know, I mean, we don't know her, but Kim is one of those people. Yeah, she definitely doesn't pull any punches, and you, you've got to be able to handle F-bombs ridiculous amounts of f-bombs but if you can get past that part of it it was more about different types of touch different types of massage different things that you can do to each other that it it leads into the sex and yes there i'm not gonna lie she does have some very in-depth type ways to do sex things that you could do different but what we listened to and what drew us in was making a, ten- a connection with touch that wasn't intended to just be sex. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, well, okay. And it honestly does intensify things because it was very, very difficult for me to get out of my head mm-hmm. and just let you do things that weren't traditional for us. Yeah, And it was like, Okay, we are very up close and personal, and this is really kind of creepy. But as soon as I could get the feel of things, it was like, wait a minute, this is actually really nice. This is actually yeah, 
very calming and soothing and it, it eliminated a lot of stress. I mean, it was one of the things that we learned is massaging the thighs. Okay. A lot of people would think, oh, well, yeah, of course you're going to massage your wife's thighs. No, 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 no. Um, if you're somebody like us, who's constantly carrying a crap ton of stress, Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you and Quincy will probably agree with me, but there is something about a thigh massage that's just insane yeah. for releasing for stress release. and calming things. And it's that simple. It wasn't even a sexual touch. It was just relieving tension mm-hmm. and focusing on an area that you know I carry stress in. Mm-hmm. And it just helped me to relax and get into things. But that was that's what started it, was if this could just be this much more of a connection, how much more could we have learning more? And it all spun back to what's in my head. Right. And it it's there because I, you know, I'm inside of my own head sometimes. And, you know, one thing that we did learn at, uh, at the, I think you and I are very fortunate in our sex life because, you know, orgasm is a regular thing. Yeah. And most people would look at how many kids we have and be like, oh my God, he wouldn't even look at me. He's not allowed to touch me. Don't even sneeze in my direction. I'm not that person. Well, the, the thing that I learned at the one conference was that it's not easy for all women to reach that. And, you know, that's something that Kim Amani specializes in, yeah. is that she guarantees that, you know, every woman is capable of having an orgasm. And I was like, this could really help our listeners. And if it's something that... if the way I live my life is I want to improve every single day. Mm-hmm. And this is an area that if you're having good orgasms, I want to figure out how to make them better. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just, down. I, that's right. <laughs> um, and just for the sake of knowing I had Jeannie, not that Jeannie's Jeannie doesn't watch porn, but I don't want to watch porn. That's not my Me thing. Either. I don't want to see that. So I kind of had Jeannie, take a look at the videos first. And fortunately she uses fruit for a whole lot of stuff um, to make it easier to see what's going on. You may not care. Maybe you don't, porn doesn't bother you, but that's just one of my, that's, that's one of my non-negotiables in, uh, in my life. If you know, but I was, I was pleased to sit and learn what would help my wife and I connect more deeply on a physical level and an emotional level. And, um, that's how, that's why it's such an odd thing because it was accountability, but it wasn't accountability. It was a place of insecurity for both of us, for you and for me, but you, me not being able to hold you accountable was, it was a place of insecurity. It was a no go zone for me, based on some insecurities that you have, whether it be from, you know, some parenting things or some really old relationships, old relationships that that I shouldn't be listening to (laughs) that people said that have anchored you in those places. So opening, opening you, you discovering that there are still parts and I believe we all have them that we are hiding from our spouse and you saying, you know what? I want you there. That's an honorable thing, and it's something that has dramatically changed our relationship. And we've been doing this for 10 years, 
Married um, for 20. Right. We've been doing this for 10 years of our marriage, to, you know, and it goes in highs and lows and there's periods of intensity where you're making big changes and then there's lulls and all those kinds of things. But we've been working through this, being intentional, doing this on purpose for 10 years and we're coming to understand that there's a lot more to learn and that's a great thing. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing. And if you're open to it, it's even better because now it's not since we've been doing this and now we have the tools on how to talk and how to know how to, we, we had a conversation. Um, I bought some things that were talked about at the seminar to help us to try just to experience new things. The liberator. Oh my Lord. Okay. So y'all are going to have to go look it up. Cause yeah, I, I agree with Tony. It's very liberating. We'll leave it at that. But, um, there are some things that, we had never talked about before. Now I talked to my girlfriend. I, I have a bestie that I'm close with and she and I have had conversations, but I had never openly discussed them with you. Mm-hmm. And this kind of spun us in that direction to have those conversations. And I think that that's really the biggest takeaway we took out of this was there's a lot more to learn and a lot more to talk about. And the more we're open to it, the better we're going to get. It's true. And you know what I what I can really really appreciate about how far how far we've come in these ten years is knowing having the courage to say okay this is my wife or this is my husband we've built a deep level of trust with each other we will not use this against each other it won't be made fun of so I'm a safe place to share your insecurities with. And you for me. And that, I, I came up against an insecurity in my own life um, that I've been hiding for years. And, and I, I don't finally, even think you realized it was there. I think it was just something that was in the back of your mind that never really triggered unless something was brought up. I'll tell you now, it's always been there. So that you know. So I'm wow. up front about it. It's always been there. And um, I was thankful that that you heard it. You took care of it, and it actually gave us the opportunity to build a bridge to to come across that bridge to each other and um, just become that more connected with each other. And uh, I, I have to say that, you know, I'm impressed with you and what you're doing. I'm very proud of what you're doing. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I hope you get just an opportunity to see how valuable you are through my eyes someday. Because if you knew, you probably would have started this a long time ago, but I'm glad we're here. And I I love you. I love you. I love it too. Thank you, baby. And you're smoking hot. You're getting off track. You're going to start some trouble. You better finish this podcast, buddy. I can pause the podcast, baby. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for this episode, Getting Her to Yes. This is probably episode one because we have some greater levels that we can go um, to help you guys in the future. But I hope you enjoyed this. We'd love to hear your feedback. What's going on with you? How can we help? Let us know. Reach out to that email, the Facebook, whatever you got. Until next time, we out. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible.
This is Man vs. Mary.